This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Welcome to the Worth Your Time podcast, friends. My name is Erica, and I'm really glad you're here today. My guest is Lisa Graft. She's a super inspiring mom of all trades, and I was so blessed by our conversation today. Lisa talks with me about creating a new movement for moms called I Am Mother of the Year, and how God called her to deliver a specific message for women that helps combat the lies we so often believe about ourselves. And she's not just talk. Lisa has strategies and goals in place for how we deal with self-defeating talk and our pa- about our parenting and our self-worth. She's a multi-passionate speaker, creative, and mother of two who is truly living out the passions and gifts God has placed in her life, even in the midst of this hectic season. I learned so much from her today and was reminded about how we can hear God's voice in our own lives if we will only quiet down for just a moment sometimes. I know you're going to love this message. Enjoy my conversation with Lisa Graft. Well, hey, friends. Today on the show, we have Lisa Graft. Thank you so much for joining me, Lisa. Oh, my pleasure. Well, I think it's only fitting that I had to push back this interview today because my daughter's nap schedule is totally off. Um, <laughs> I'm Because I'm trying to do this podcast and my freelance life without childcare right now. And so... Life is a little crazy trying to get everything in. And so what we're part of what we're going to talk about today, Lisa, is related to the career of motherhood. So thank you for being so understanding about the time change. Oh my goodness, yeah. Well, so you do a lot of things. And before we get into all of those things, I would love for you to just tell me a little bit about who you are, who are the important people in your life, and then we'll get uh, kick things off by starting about I Am Mother of the Year. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so I um, I was born and raised on a farm in Illinois, so I'm just at heart a, a country farm girl and uh, relocated to Fishers about nine years ago when I got married to my husband, Ryan. And so, like I said, we've been married for almost 10 years now, and we've got two kids. Josie just turned five, and Cal is two and a half. And they keep me so busy and full of lots of hilarious and ridiculous stories. And so I assume they are what led you to create your, is it an organization or what do you call it? A movement? I call it a movement right now because I haven't like incorporated or anything. It just kind of is. But I think overall my goal is is for it to be a movement because, uh, because of what it does. Um, which is really helps moms, you know, move from isolation and fear and this overwhelming chaos that we always feel to a sense of community and confidence and peace and freedom. Um, and so I think that, that would be a movement that I would like to see sweep the nation, um, just a bunch of moms who are connected and rooting each other on. So tell the story of how you how this came to mind, because I know the story, but I would love for the listeners to hear how the the one day that you you thought of this idea. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So I was like super pregnant with my second. Um, and so, I, you know, those days are so challenging. And Josie was two and a half at the time. And 
just every bit uh, a three-nager or teenager, you know, just on my last nerve all the time, <laughs> uh, very strong-willed, and I was just drowning in all of this negativity. I could not keep a positive thought in my brain to save my life, and so I, I remember standing at um, the counter, and I'm making another peanut butter and jelly for Josie's dinner. It was the third night in a row, and I, like, sarcastically said to myself, oh, yeah, I'm mother of the year, you know, and I don't, it was just so, it was kind of like everything stopped for a, a second. And I, cause I don't know where that phrase came from. And, um, I don't know. I don't even really know why it stuck, especially at the time I didn't know. And so, um, the next night I was like, Oh, since I was mother of the year last night, let's see what I can come up with today. <laughs> and so it was just, it was born out of sarcasm. It was this need to celebrate something even if the only thing I could celebrate was that Josie was eating ketchup with a spoon and at least she's getting her fruits and vegetables in, you know? And I became mother of the year because uh, it was just so hopeful to me to, to start small. Um, and in discovering all the small victories that some are still sarcastic, some are actually meaningful, um, but it really helped me start small and then expand that to, you know what? I'm a really good mom, no matter what my circumstances are telling me. And so I, I want to just spread this good news. Like, and you guys, and your main thing that you have is a Facebook group, right? Yes. Yeah. So we have this Facebook group that started with 43 of my Facebook friends because it's one of my pet peeves that people just add you to a group and you have yeah, no idea how you totally. got in there. You're like, I don't even know what this is and why am I here? So I messaged personally a few, 43 of the moms that I know on Facebook and said, I just want to create this community where we can, it's not an advice thing. It's just a, this is my, you know, this is my victory today. Yeah. And this is my victory and I'm going to, I'm just going to share it and we're going to celebrate you no matter how big or small the victory is. And so we started that and now it's almost to 4,000 women across the world, uh, which is incredible. It's, it's so fun to watch all of the stories come in and everybody just rallies around other moms who are, you know, are struggling and need some encouragement or they're like, you guys, please laugh with me before I cry, you know, because uh, motherhood is ridiculous sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely seen some of the funnier stories where people are like, you know, I, I can't think of a good example right now, but just something silly, some kind of makeshift thing you did for your kid in the moment when you didn't have the right item that they needed or something like that. And it reminds oh, yeah. me of those, you know, those t-shirts you'll see people wearing that says like world's okayest mom. And we have to laugh at that because I mean, as much as there's this, you know, supposed image of the perfect mom, I'm like, I don't think that person, you know, that, that Pinterest mom or that Instagram mom, I don't think that person actually exists in real life. And, yeah. um, but it can be hard to understand that or believe that when we're just living our daily lives trying to get through the day. So, um, so what are some of the, the stories that people are sharing that you're seeing and maybe some of the more meaningful things that you see shared in there? Yeah. One of the things I love, uh, it comes up in all of these different ways, but one of the themes is I feel like I'm failing. And so, you know, and that comes up in like, why do I have to cook them dinner every night? That that's a failure statement, you know, that you're not prepared enough to 
you know, plan meals, shop for them, cook them and serve them. And then your perfect children eat every bite. Um, that's a failure statement, you know? And so there's lots of, uh, there's lots of those failure type, um, failure type stories that, um, when they, when they surface in the group, it's just so amazing to watch other women go, Oh my goodness, no, you're doing awesome. You know? Uh, and that's, that's been the most rewarding part for me is just to see all of the, the moms come around the mom who's struggling. And then the mom who's struggling say, okay, I'm so glad I'm not alone. I didn't know that other people struggled with this too. And so those have been really good moments. Well, and you mentioned in your email that we were emailing before this, that you felt like maybe this was kind of inspired by God or part of your faith. Can you talk about how that connection was made? Yeah, for sure. So I, um, so with this, you know, I started this mother of the year thing in my own head. And then I, uh, I wrote a blog about it and that kind of resonated with moms. And I, um, I also then start sharing the blog content on our radio show. So I'm on Radio Theology, which is, if you're local to Indy, it's 99.5 ZPL. It's a top 40 station, but we have three hours on Sunday mornings where we share faith, hope, and love. Uh, and so I'm sharing this story um, to my two male co-hosts uh, that I am in Target that morning. And I saw a mom who was... Uh, dressed cute, her hair done, makeup on. She had a toddler in her cart. Everyone was smiling. It wasn't even 8.30 in the morning yet. And I was like, oh my gosh, I wanted to stop her and give her the mother of the year award. <laughs> and then I like, I'm like, I, then I realized you're the only one that does this. Like this lives in your brain. And so as I shared that story to them, they were like, you should have stickers. And I was like, oh, Oh my gosh. So I think it was totally this God inspired thing, you know, that um, he didn't remember that he said that. But for me, like we call it the tuning fork of the soul went off. And I was like, it was like it was already in motion. I went home and I was like, okay, how do I make stickers? Let's reserve a domain name. Let's do all the things I need to do. Let's find a designer and all of these things to make sure that now I can, if I see a mom that I want to give the award to, I have a tangible award. Yeah, and that's so really cool. And you, so and you, you handed me one of those, uh, when I saw you at a pizza restaurant, remember that? Yeah. That yes. was so awesome. I'm like, yeah. I, I'm going to need to break this out on a bad day. <laughs> right. For sure. For sure. Um, yes. and no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that, um, that's just really how it started. Um, but it felt like as soon as I, like it came and I was like, Oh, this is already in motion. And that's how I feel like it was a God and faith thing. Um, well, I always feel like anytime there's a new kind of mom centered movement, people just flock to it. Like almost like moms are just so hungry for this support that they need. Yeah. Did you find that there was a void? Was there any other place that you were looking to for support before starting your own thing? No, I, I wasn't looking for support. And I didn't, I guess I didn't really see a need because, um, it happened so gradually for me, um, that it, it felt like now looking back, I'm like, Oh, this was for sure filling a need that I had that I didn't really realize I had at the time. But now that it's become a bigger movement and a bigger community, I was like, I knew that this was what I needed, but I, it wasn't around. Have you thought about doing like an in-person? Well, you said you have a, a some kind of a retreat or a, a speaking event coming up that you're hosting, right? It's called Reset. 
Yes. Is this related a, a, to it? Yeah. So it's um, it's it's not just for moms. It's for all women. Um, but a lot of what I talk about and write about for the Mother of the Year group, I will be sharing. And so, yeah, it's coming up on uh, September 14th um, at Mercy Road in Carmel. And what is that all about? And that is basically, uh, I got together with a few friends who um, are very like-minded to myself, but we've all got our own niches in the messaging that we share because of our own stories. And we all felt like, man, if there was a Christian women's event that wasn't like precious and dripping and all of this, (laughs) you know, I don't know, it just kind of like feels salesy and schmaltzy. And uh, we just felt like, man, we want to create an event where women can come as themselves, just who you actually are. If you're awkward, great. You're going to fit in perfectly with us, you know? Um, so there wasn't, so we're trying really hard to make sure that there's no stigma of perfection before you walk in the door of this conference. Uh, but really we're trying to resource and equip women to, to find and value their voice and tell themselves the truth instead of um, believing the lies that they believe about themselves Uh, learn how to walk in freedom, and then um, take some things off of their to-do list uh, to make sure they're able to love people well. What are you, what are some of the lies that you see women believing? Oh, oh, great question. Um, I think it's, there's lots of layers to the lies, and that's what I've kind of found in my own personal story. The first lie that I ever conquered, I, um, I started realizing that my first response to any new situation, but especially in parenting, was, I'm not equipped for this. I'm not equipped for this. I'm not equipped for this. Um, and so that really got my attention and grew from, okay, why do I feel like I'm not equipped? Like, I am equipped to be a mother. You know, if, if I believe that God gave me my kids and I believe that God doesn't make mistakes, then that means that God gave me my kids for a reason and he's equipping me along the way. And so, um, I started fighting that lie and I think a lot of women fall into some comparison lies. Um, just in like people on social media, they post the highlight reel, which is great. I post the highlight reel most of the time. Um, and, and you look and see, oh, well, oh, they have it together. You start assuming things about other people and then you make judgment calls on yourself Um, And mostly those are identity statements about who you are, and um, there are identity statements about God and his character. And so it's really kind of, are some of the things you're going to be talking about at the conference, like how do you take the steps to combat the lie as soon as it comes into your head? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's my topic. And that's what I'm most passionate about um, is, is really because I've been on this journey for over a year now trying to combat these lies and pay attention to the voices in my head and discerning like, okay, is this my voice? Is this God's voice? Is this the devil's voice? Who's telling me these things and should I be believing them? And um, it's been really, I'm going to just say miraculous um, as far as the work that's been done in my head and heart because of this. Um, Because there's really, um, and I can share the process with you now. It's it's not complex. It's an easy process, but it takes so much consistency and dedication that we often settle for the easy way out. Like, well, I'll just keep telling myself that because it's safer because there's a lot of pain that you walk through to really determine, oh, it's not that I don't feel equipped. It's that I don't even feel worthy to be a mom in the first place. And it's a worthiness thing, you know, (laughs) and that's, that's a hard, messy thing to walk through. Um, but the process is, is rather simple. It's, 
it's recognizing your triggers, seeing what situations, what people, what, what encounters you have that make you feel a lie, paying attention to what that lie is, replacing it with the truth, and then imagining your freedom. So you might not have freedom from it as soon as you replace it once. It's not a one and done. It's I'm going to keep picturing my future where I can walk into this same situation and believe the truth about who I am and who God is instead of believe the lies that I'm not enough for this or I'm not equipped for this or I'm not worthy of this. And do you do anything um, like do you write words um, on a note card? Do you have songs? Um, any other like little kind of physical items or actions that you take to help yourself? Yeah, I do. I started um, a truth and lie journal. And uh, so that's kind of where I started just writing it down because when you when you write something down it it literally feels like you're taking it out of your brain mm -hmm. and putting it on paper it's a lot easier to examine if it's not swirling around with all of your other thoughts but it's on paper and so that's how I really started the whole process was lighting writing the lie and then replacing it with the truth that's so true like you could you write it down and then you can like take it apart Mm -hmm. You can like pull all the things out of it that you are assuming or rationalizing or believing and then you can like physically, you know, write down the actual truth and like uh, separate it from your emotions. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I can see how that would be really powerful. I feel like so, so many times people hear this kind of advice and they think I should do that, but then they never do it. So if you're listening, you should <laughs> actually do it. So like yes. all you have to do is just keep a blank 99 cent notebook around and pull it out from time to time, put it by right. your bedside. I think that's, I mean, half the battle is just having that, you know, conveniently near you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, you mentioned you host a radio show. Tell us about that. And are you really, you really spend three hours every Sunday doing that? Um, it's a little inside secret. It is pre-recorded. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, we were live for a while and then we realized that we don't want to get up really early and be at a radio station at seven o'clock on a Sunday morning. Well, if you don't need to be, why do it? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we, um, so pastor Darren Earlywine, he's been around the Indianapolis community for a long time doing pub theology. He was a, a pastor at one of the mega churches here in town for a while. And, uh, he started going into the smiley morning show, which is world famous, oh, yeah. uh, for, for therapy Thursdays. And, uh, went for a few years, every Thursday he'd go in and take calls and it's like therapy Thursday with pastor Darren. And then the program manager came up to him and said, Hey, what do you think about having your own show? And he's like, uh, yeah. And so he, he, he went to, uh, one of his close friends, Ryan Allwart, who, uh, has been in straight no chaser. He's a singer songwriter, very, uh, artistic and hilarious. And was like, dude, we need to do the show together. And then Ryan said, you know what? Radio is very female driven. Let's see if we could come up with a female that could speak directly to the demographic. And, uh, and so he, Darren said, well, do you know anybody who is, you know, funny and has radio experience and has some faith, but is normal. And, um, and in that, in that very moment when they were meeting, I was driving from a work event in Kokomo and I, I was on the road and I was praying like, God, can I, I just, I feel like you've, 
equipped me and, and started putting this dream in my heart to speak more into the lives of women. And I'm like, could you give me a nudge? Can you give me something? You know, and I really, I really expected uh, maybe I'd get a little glimmer of motivation or something, you know, that would, that would spark a blog or whatever I needed to start and do. Uh, and this was long before mother of the year or anything like that. And I, uh, I said, okay, amen. And the phone rang and it was Ryan saying, Hey, would you ever want to be on a radio show again? And I was like, God, (laughs) is that you? (laughs) Right. It was amazing. It was amazing because I'd known Ryan for a couple of years. I'm best friends with his wife. And so they knew about my background in radio. And so I met Darren the very next night. And then the very next week we were live on the air together. Um, And it's just been this amazing journey of just speaking, like helping faith be a more normative topic of conversation everybody's so scared of it um and i think a lot of that has to do with how crazy some christians can be and they don't even know how to speak the language and they get scared because they don't understand how to communicate it to someone who without using inside speak and fear and all of this stuff and so we just talk about our lives but we we always tell people that god is for them not against them he's near them not far away from them and he's created them on purpose and for a purpose and so those are the drums that we beat every sunday morning and we've heard from so many people who are you know they they love it they stumbled upon it because they're they like listening to pop music but instead they found that maybe god has a plan for them maybe god isn't that mean vindictive god that they thought he was that's really cool now um <clears throat> you mentioned a job event in kokomo so do you work full time and then do this other stuff on top of that yes i do what I do you do right- for work oh yes i'm a writer on uh the marketing team for all of that online Okay. So basically any admissions emails, any any communication with students, um, the website, stuff like that, I have written. Okay, so how, the elusive question, how do you find balance? <laughs> I mean, how does your daily life look um, with your kids, with your extracurriculars, all of that? How do you make it work so you don't go crazy? Oh, I, I am crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you don't um, actually get sent away, that is. Right, that's true. Okay. <laughs> um, that's a really good question. And I don't feel like I found the answer. I don't feel like I have balance. Uh, I think the strategy that's working right now, and it's it's a very short-term strategy, and I do not recommend this to anyone, um, but it's basically I'm swatting at the next thing that comes at me. You know, So there's always something that's the most immediate need, and I do that first. Um, but I make a lot of lists. I'm a list maker and I just start crossing things off. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very challenging, but I found, especially as mother of the year is ramping up, this reset event is ramping up. Um, there's a lot less of me to go around because I want to give my best to those things. (laughs) Not that I don't want to give my best to my job, but I don't feel like God put me on the planet to write admissions emails. You know, (laughs) I feel you. Yeah. You know, but I'm like, but my family needs the money and I do like the job. It's not that, but I'm like, man, God put me on the planet to equip and encourage women. Yeah. I I totally feel you just in that. uh, I have never been able to just do my job. I have always had to do other things on top of it. 
just because I felt led by God and, and I found so many things fulfilling as well. Um, it sounds like you're a lot like me in that it's hard to say no to things when you hear a new idea or new opportunity, like your automatic reaction is to be like, yes, I want to do right. that. Like, yeah. I want to go to that thing. I want to speak there. I want to take my kids there. Like I, you want to do everything. And, um, and it's really hard sometimes. How does that how do you guys do that with your marriage? How do you kind of work out both of you being able to do all the things that you want to do and get your kids to things? Do you guys have any kind of strategy or are you just kind of throwing things at the wall and hoping it works out? Um, yeah, we're throwing things at the wall right now. Uh, the, the good part about where we are in life is that our kids aren't in extracurricular activities right now because uh, Josie is just entering pre-K and, and Cal's at in-home daycare. So the really the the runs and the time spent in the car and all of that stuff is we've got a system down for that but that's basically all we're doing right now mm -hmm. besides you know keeping our our marriage and ourselves afloat you know but we we try to make sure that once a week at least we're face to face with each other which sounds like that's it uh yeah <laughs> that's it sometimes it, this intentional not that we never speak but it has to be really intentional with no phones no tv no movies no anything just going okay where are we what's going on how are you actually and how can i help you this week um and so that's a hard thing to keep because sometimes other things feel more pressing but we're getting a lot better at about prioritizing that and making time for that do you have a certain time when you do it or do you just kind of say try to make it work whenever we just look at the week and see um it's got to be the kids go to bed at seven which is another awesome thing uh because then we get a good chunk of our evening alone so um it's always when the kids go to bed then we're gonna sit down and see but lots of times i'm like okay but if i my blog comes out on Thursdays, I'm writing Wednesday night, you know? Yeah. And so it's, okay, well, I guess we're free on Tuesday. It's Tuesday this week. So when you say they go to bed at seven, do you mean they are in the bed with the lights turned off and see you later at seven or you start the process at seven? That's so funny. I just got that question from somebody else last week. <laughs> um, another it's a really like, big me, difference. <laughs> tell me everything. Yeah. It, for a long time, it was seven o'clock. That's how it is for Cal. It means two and a half. He loves sleeping and he's down seven o'clock lights off door shut and see you later. Um, Josie is a little bit, um, she likes to push all the buttons and pull out all the stalls for bedtime. So we always, we start the process about six 45 by seven. She's in bed, but by the time she needs her 45th glass of water, it's probably seven 15 or seven 20. Mm -hmm. By the time I'm like, if you call my name one more time, I'm going to lock the door. <laughs> yeah, I, I have, um, my daughter is 18 months old and she is in bed literally at 6 p.m., which is, people are always like, that's crazy. I'm like, I know, but that's when she wants to go to bed and she's yeah. the easiest sleeper. Um, and the, mm -hmm. But my son is a whole other story and just, I find that just, I could put him to bed a little earlier, but it's like, it's so hard to, to get motivated to start the process that it ends up being later than I want it to be. Yeah. And, uh, I think we're going to try to get better about that this winter, but yeah, 
<laughs> anyway, yeah, but you're right. Room for growth. <laughs> that bedtime is so is so important for you guys to be able to spend time together. I mean, that's really the main reason I would like our son to go to bed earlier. So, um, I think that's so important that you're prioritizing and making sure turning the phones off. Obviously, a huge deal. Um, yes. Now, you mentioned that you keep lists, and you told me that you have a guided journal coming out, publishing, or you're picking it up today. So tell yes. me about the journal, and why would someone want to use one of these? So it goes back to our truth and lie conversation. And uh, so the journal's called What's True About You, and it really helps you if you're like, thinking, I don't even know if I'm lying to myself. I just know that I'm fearful. I just know that I'm comparing. I know that I'm anxious. You're believing lies about either yourself or about God. Um, and so this is um, a process. Like it's the process that we talked about of recognizing your triggers, pinpoint the lie, replace it with the truth, imagine your freedom. It's in a guided journal form. And so um, it's a less intimidating process if, if you need something more structured to sit down and go, okay, today I'm going to work through this for 20 minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes. I'm going to, um, I'm going to see what lie I'm believing in the moment. So there's columns of, of lie and truth. So you can write them side by side and just look at them and study them like we talked about. Um, and then there's also, there's 10 stories of, um, women from teenage through empty nester and, um, stories from every walk of life um, that shows each woman what her trigger is, what a lie is, what the truth is, and what her freedom looks like. And so those stories are in there with writing prompts following them. So if you can find yourself in Liz's story, for example, then you can you know, start to think, well, what, what about this is a lie and why am I believing this? What keeps coming up in my life? What patterns do I need to start evaluating and looking at? Um, and so it's helpful in that. And then, um, there's also 10 beautiful pieces of art that are five, um, I am identity statements that are truth and five, he is identity statements that are truth. And they're just the most beautiful watercolored hand lettered, um, pieces of art and then they have scripture attached to them and writing prompts and tons of scripture resources after the writing prompts so that if you're ever stuck and like not knowing where to find truth in the Bible, there's, there's so there's 135 pages of truth in this, wow. in this guided journal. That sounds amazing. I mean, how did you make this happen? Yeah. Oh, there's so many cool stories. And, um, but one is this whole, what's true about you started when I, um, I was asking God last year, um, in the spring, like, what do you want from I am mother of the year? Do you, should I focus more on selling the stickers? Should I focus on writing more? Is it speaking? What is it? And so I got, um, within the course of two weeks, I got six requests to speak to wow. mom's groups. And I was like, Oh, Okay. Now, did God, you put that you know? out there or did that come to you just like out of nowhere? It came unsolicited. Wow. That's pretty Isn't cool. that crazy? Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, oh, okay. So then, you know, I don't know if you're like this when you chase your dreams, but you're like, yeah, this is awesome. Oh my gosh. Now I have to do this. Yeah, totally. So then I panicked, you know, and I went out on a run, which I often do. That's kind of my coping mechanism for all of life. And so I go out on a run in my neighborhood and I said, God, you know what? if you want me to speak to these women, you're going to have to tell me what it is that um, you want me to say to them. And within one minute, literally, 
I like the Holy Spirit came to me, which I know sounds totally crazy, but came to me and basically whispered those words, what's true about you, and gave me all of the things I needed to talk about, showed me a vision of my future um, in this vein, in this movement of making sure women, I almost started feeling panicky that women wouldn't know the truth about them and how that might impact their lives. Hmm. And Yeah, go ahead. And so that... And so that's how it started. I, of course, I burst into tears and I kept running and I still run and cry. That's kind of my MO. Uh, <laughs> if you live in my neighborhood, you're like, yep, that's the running, crying girl. <laughs> uh, but that's how God like speaks to me on the run. And that's kind of how it all started. And so I started working through that. And then um, I reached out to my artist friend, Amy, who we had not known, like we were, we studied at, abroad at a semester uh, in college on Martha's Vineyard. So it's not abroad, but it was a, a semester away from our college campuses. And I hated every minute of that time. And I counted that time still as a waste of my life. Martha's you know, Vineyard? Oh, man. I know. It sounds awesome, except Martha's Vineyard in the winter. And I went to, it's called the real, it's not called this, but it's called the Contemporary Music Center. But uh-huh. it's basically the real school of rock. You go and you try to be a rock star. Um, and it turns out like, I don't play an instrument. I can sing, but I don't play an instrument. I suck at writing songs. Like none of this was in my skill set. And so I hated every minute of it <laughs> and it ended up being a really hard time in my life. Uh, but Amy was also there. And so we stayed in contact via Facebook, but, um, she started posting all of these beautiful watercolors. And so when this idea, the idea for the journal came to me, I reached out to her and I said, Hey, I'm thinking about this project can we chat? She's like, sure, let's chat on Friday. I'm leaving for a vacation. I'll be in the car. I'm like, great. So I call her. I tell her the vision of what's true about you and the truth and the lies and all of that. And she starts crying and says, you know what? It's crazy. But last night in the middle of the night, I woke up and it was like I was in the wrestling match with the devil. She said, I, uh, he just kept sh- like shouting all of these lies at me. And I knew they were lies, but I was like, I, I just had to combat them one after the other. She said, I woke up my husband and said, you need to pray for me. I'm like literally being attacked right now. Can you, can you pray? And can you start speaking truth over me? And she said, and I grabbed a journal and I started writing down the lies and replacing them with the truth. And I'm like, literally, that was the first time she's ever done that. But the night before we were supposed to talk and we're like, okay, this is God, you know, he's, he's brought us together on this journey. And, and now she's the one that has these 10 beautiful truth statements. And I mean, it's incredible. So that that is so cool. How are you guys? Have you, I mean, you haven't started selling them yet or you have started selling them? I have not started selling them yet. Okay. And so what's the process going to be? Well, we are going to, um, we're going to launch them at reset at the event and then I'm going to have a launch party in October and but I'm basically just going to sell them online bring them to my speaking engagements and then um, I'm going to try to start doing um, you know putting them in church bookstores if I can um, any boutiques in the area so um, Oak and Ivy Boutique in downtown Fishers they're going to carry them and sell them and so I don't I don't really know what it looks like besides the fact that I'm like very desperate for women to know this truth. I'm desperate for the sales. Sure. You know, but more than that, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is 
going to change people's lives. And I need people to like, I need women to have these, you know, however they get them, you know, I feel like it's amazing. I think it's such a good idea. And, um, I definitely want to get a copy. <laughs> so <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll have to, uh, come to one of your speaking events and, and get one there. Um, uh, but I, if you, as soon as you have the process, I would love to tell people listening, um, online, you know, how they can get one. Yeah. And for sure they'll be them. on my, they'll be on my website. Okay. So that's probably the easiest yeah, place to get them is the website. Well, we will link to all of that. This is probably not going to be coming out for a couple of weeks anyway. So hopefully by then yeah. you'll have a little bit more of a process. Now, um, you as a woman leading the way, you must have women or leaders that you look up to, people that are role models or inspirations. Who are some of those people for you? Uh, Jamie Ivey mm-hmm. is one. Her podcast, The Happy Hour, I just have fallen in love with her and her vulnerability, the way she speaks and shares these conversations. And I, I call her a conversational ninja. <laughs> she just, she always, if, cause I listen like critically because I'm kind of in that arena and every question and I'm like, Ooh, I would ask this as a follow-up. She does, you know, like, <laughs> yes. she, or, or, or I want to know this. And then she asks, it's, it's amazing. She has a, an incredible gift. Uh, so her for sure. And then, um, Jennifer Allwood, Okay, is, she sounds familiar. Who yeah, she's she's someone I actually, she was a guest on Jamie's podcast, and that's how I connected with her, but she is a business coach for creatives, and so she, uh, you know, she has a, a group, like a Facebook group that's kind of a membership thing that I, I joined for a year to help you, you know, grow your social following, take advantage of all the income streams and all of that. Um, but more than that, like her heart for especially women to be able to to lead and provide for their family using their gifts is incredible. And I love that she um, it's like she takes like the boss babe thing, which is kind of like really kitschy right now, kind mm-hmm. of. And she kind of turns it on it on its head. She's like, don't don't keep hustling. Don't work so hard that you know, you don't have the best of you for your family and for the people in your life that need you. Um, she really is a proponent of, you know what, pray over your business, you know, do the steps, but like, don't go anywhere that God's not leading you. And mm-hmm. so that's just a cool um, spin on it. Plus she talks to creatives and as a creative, I appreciate that because I'm not uh, one who is into the spreadsheets and the algorithms and the business mindedness. And it's not, it's not anything like that. So that's, she's, I'm like, I'm her girl, man. Yeah, that's, she sounds really awesome. I'm gonna have to look her up, but I, I'm, I'm hearing you right now just because as a creative, I, and a writer, I sometimes like right now this week, for example, like I'm not working on any big writing projects and I'm kind of like stressing out about it because I'm like, well, what should I be writing right now? I should be pitching. I should be writing. I should have an assignment. Like, what should I write about? And I'm like, you know what? Like, if God had an assignment for me right now, he would let me know. And he has let me know in the past and it's worked out. And maybe this week is just supposed to be a break, a mental break. Right. Yeah. What if this is your rest? Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I just, I love this vision of you, you know, driving in your car, running down the road, you know, praying at night, like, and just like kind of allowing yourself to be open to whatever God has to say. I mean, I think so many times we're close to that or not even 
aware or recognizing the, the way that God speaks to us is, is literally through sometimes just being quiet. And, uh, I, I just, I think that's such a powerful message to people, you know, as someone who constantly is listening to podcasts and music and, and sometimes I just don't shut off my brain or shut off yeah. the things that are going into my ears. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that we discount the fact that God can speak to us in silence and stillness and, and that we can trust that if we ask him to give us a message that he's not going to not answer that question. Right. So I, I just love so much how all of this has come together for you. Um, what are you looking forward to in the future with this movement, with your speaking? I noticed that you had a, um, you have something now on your website, you know, for speaking where people can, you know, book you. Um, yeah. What are, are you hoping someday to just be doing this stuff full time? For sure. For sure. I, and I do want to write a book too. Um, and I have the title. I, I don't, I don't think I'm going to say it, you know, <laughs> well, you don't like have to say it. <laughs> it's mine, but it's so good. And I'm like, this is like, it's, it's very much like stirring in the background of my life. And in my conversations, this content that I feel like needs to get out to women. And so but right now I'm in a season of building where there's no margin to add something else. Um, but that's definitely on the horizon is a book. And yeah, speaking is, man, I'm alive when I'm speaking. If you give me a microphone, I am the best version of myself and I love every minute of it. And I just love that God's able to use that in me, even though like I'm scared to death, like I'm scared to death to pick up a microphone and speak. Yeah, but I'm just I'm going to do it anyway, because the message to me is so important. And so it's been really fun. So I have, I think, 14 speaking engagements booked for the fall already. And yeah, I'm looking to grow that and maybe bust into the corporate world to to speak to working moms, because that's who I am. Um, and so who knows, there's there's lots of different things. But like I said, I'm like, I literally can't go anywhere without God saying, Okay, here you go. It's time. And there have been times when I cry and I drag my feet and all of that, but um, he's very gentle in equipping and nudging me along. <laughs> what is your, what time do you get up in the morning? Um, like 6.45. Okay. Kids get up, the kids get up at 7. I'm, I'm not. You're not an early, early morning person. I'm not a real early morning person, no. At my best, I'm up for the kids. I'm drinking coffee. I'm centering my mind for the day, maybe reading a quick devotional or whatever. But in this past season, I I don't remember the last time I did that. So I can't, at my best, that's what I do. At my worst, I'm like woken up by someone like hitting my face. You know? <laughs> uh, what time do you go to bed at night? Uh, 9.30, 10 o'clock. Okay. I like this. See, you have balanced it because like I was expecting you to say like midnight. <laughs> Oh no! With I all the stuff like you nine have going hours on. of sleep, I'm very high maintenance in the sleep department. That's awesome that you're making yeah. that a priority. I also am pretty high maintenance. Like I need, I need sleep, and I I go to bed around nine thirty. But I I try to get up around five, although that doesn't always Ugh. happen. Um, yeah. So let's move on to end of the podcast questions. Uh, do you have a book that you've been reading or could recommend to the audience? Yes, um, Danny Silk is like my guy right now um, trying to demolish anything that he's written but the one that's been most impactful for me is called loving our kids on purpose okay um, and it, it's it's based on the love and logic theory of parenting and so he uses a lot of that but he 
frames it in a Christian perspective where, um, like our, the God that we serve is a God of counsel and of gentleness and he's not the God of punishment and fear. And so, um, it's just incorporating that into our parenting and it's, it, it literally changed my life. It's amazing. All right. That sounds like a good one. And you've already mentioned Jamie Ivy, So I know you listen to her podcast. Any others that you love? Um, I love, uh, that sounds fun with Annie Downs. Oh, we're like the same person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Annie Downs. I got to meet her last year and she is just uh, the best. Absolutely yeah. the best. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, and then other than that, I I tend to stick to um, like Bethel Pandora worship music. <laughs> okay. That's good. Yeah, you can't have too many. You just right. can't keep up with them all. It's it's rough. It's a rough life if you do that. Yes. Um what if you could have dinner or drinks with any celebrity who would it be and why um john krasinski probably because i'm obsessed with the office (laughs) oh that's so fun yeah he's he's just my favorite and i feel like he's just so nice and if i if i got to sit down and chat with him i i think that would probably be confirmed so that's my that's i think that's my answer i was gonna try to come up with something more deep and spiritual and whatever and i'm like no it's it's if I had to pick it'd be John. Yeah, he seems like a pretty genuine person. You know, yeah. just judging from what I know, <laughs> which right. isn't much. Yeah. So so last question. What you've been a mom for over five years now. What is the best advice that you give to a new mom? Oh, yeah. The best advice that I would give is to find a way and it's it looks different for everybody and I think that's the challenging part, but to find a way to maintain your own identity, have something that's yours outside of your motherhood. Because I see so many moms get sucked into the motherhood rabbit hole and then they just become only a mom. And it happens really quickly that you you lose sight of who you are and all the other things that you get to do and get to be. Um, and so it would be figuring out a way to maintain your own identity as you raise tiny humans who are going to suck the living life out of you. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I think that's a really important thing to remember. Okay, Lisa. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I think you had such a great message. I can't wait to share this with everyone. Thank you. Well, thanks for tuning in today, guys. I hope you'll get a copy of Lisa's new guided journal that you'll check out. I am mother of the year and some of the other things that she's doing. Go to her website, sign up for the emails, check out the Facebook group. Until next week, I'll see you next Tuesday. Have a good one. This episode was brought to you in part by the Truce Podcast. The new season examines the connection between some evangelicals and the Republican Party with the help of world-class historians. Subscribe to Truce in your podcast app or listen at trucepodcast.com.